You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And a very good Monday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. John Paul's taking the calls at 0818103103 and you can text our WhatsApp us uh, anytime during the morning 0862103103 and of course Met Aaron have issued a series of rain warnings for today and they are promising us a week of unsettled weather ahead. Now we've got a status yellow rain warning here for Cork. It's valid on until about six o'clock today. And what does the status yellow warning? What can we expect? Well, it's rain that will turn heavy at times with the chance of thunder. They say possible impacts include localised flooding and difficult driving conditions and, we're, uh, conditions and we're already getting reports in of a lot of surface water on the road so please do be careful if you're out driving. Uh, Met Aaron further add that where the rain is likely to be heaviest is uncertain. They can't uh, pinpoint it and Cork County Council is bracing for further flooding following the destruction that was caused, caused by Storm Babette uh, last week and the Council this morning are saying East Cork is very much their area of greatest concern today and that's based on the current forecasts and they say that residents in flood prone areas who had previously been issued with sandbags are advised to take all of the necessary uh, precautions considering the forecast even though there was sandbags given out last week but they were of little or no good uh, certainly to uh, towns like uh, Glenmire and uh, Middleton and actually on those businesses and shops and homes that were devastated last week some comfort hopefully making the papers today uh, with particularly the businesses that were damaged by the storm last week. Uh, They could receive more than €70,000 now by way of compensation to help them get their businesses back on the road. Senior um, government members now includes the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, uh, the Trade Minister Simon Coveney. They seemingly were working on the final details of the new package that they're going to put in place and that was, they they worked on that all over the weekend. senior government sources quoted in the papers as saying they are pushing for assessed and audited payments in excess of €70,000 and that's for the businesses that were worse affected by a Storm Babette. It's expected around 100 businesses that were flooded across Cork and Waterford even though I was hearing last week there was up to 100 affected just in the town of Middleton but anyway all of the businesses who were affected could be in line for these enhanced payments Payments. They will be administered by the Red Cross and the new flood relief scheme. This is going to be a new one and it will work alongside the existing one. But the existing one simply it does not pay out enough for the biz- some of the businesses we were talking to uh, last week. The current scheme is this humanitarian fund for flood. It's between five and 20,000 is how much, but that certainly wasn't going to be enough. So the proposed uh, scheme, the new one, will see a quick payout of 10,000 to the worst affected businesses. And then they'll look at assessed and audited payments. And those ones could be in excess of 70,000. And I was glad to wake up and see the paper 
papers this morning to see it was 70,000 because over the weekend they had it at 40,000 and some of the businesses we spoke to last week said that they have lost up to 100,000. Bearing in mind when you look at the businesses who had already had their Christmas stock in, some of the businesses were unlucky with the timing of this flood and that's on top of the actual physical structural damage that has been done to their uh, premises. So further supports will be announced, uh, including access to low cost loans. And the low cost loans are going to be important because that will allow businesses who have already spent money on initial cleanup costs uh, to get back up and running as quickly as possible. Simon Coveney and his department officials met with the Red Cross on Friday and throughout the weekend and more details of how businesses can avail of the financial support and particularly this one now, this this separate one to the current one where they can get in excess of 70,000. We're going to have to wait until tomorrow for it to, it to be announced but it's understood that the government plans to have funding released to business owners as soon as cabinet approval is secured. So they're hoping to get the cabinet approval tomorrow and then funds should be start to trickle down to the businesses because that's what the businesses need now. They need the money ASAP so they can get the work done or rebuy, you know, back in stock so that they can get their businesses back up and running. We're only a very few, I know people would like to hear this, but we're not that far away from Christmas. This is the busiest period. And for many of those, particularly the small independent shops, they make their money in the lead up uh, to Christmas and the money and the profit that they make with their Christmas business, that then keeps them going in the leaner months of, say, January, February, March. So this is a really, really important time. So as little red tape as possible here, please, guys, and release the funding that the businesses uh, need. Now, according to newspaper reports, officials are focusing on ensuring companies will be able to get quick access to the payments to help uh, particularly with the uh, repairs. And right across the weekend um, in Middleton, local people have rallied around and have helped with um, clearing the damage and helping with supplies that got delivered. And of course, many of the town's residents are still left in limbo, unable to plan further until they learn what supports are actually in place. And the Irish Examiner has a piece where they're quoting Eileen O'Connell. Eileen runs the Middleton Hub charity and she said Among, amongst the things people need are dehumidifiers but she said those that don't have them and live in houses that were flood, flooded they're trying to dry out their houses themselves. Many if they're lucky enough to have an open fire are lighting fires and trying to dry it out that way. She said private businesses and supermarkets had offered essentials like skips and cleaning products and food while even a pest control company has come forward and they're on hand, wait for this, to help with rats that will start appearing due to the rising water from these sewers if they don't have enough on their plates. But to try and dry out a house by lighting a fire and the smell really starts to set in as well. It's such a difficult thing. Uh, But I know certainly the good people of Middleton are rallying around um, the the community to help out. And actually later on the programme we're going to hear from the local primary school in Middleton 
Ireland, they organised a fundraiser over the weekend and they were taking donations for people who've been uh, affected and it's been, uh, they've had a massive, massive response. We'll speak with the principal of the CBS Primary School later on on the programme and of course Middleton wasn't the only um, town or area that uh, flooded and I see in the echo this morning that residents of Rathgormac are meeting tonight to discuss flooding in the area. Locals desperately awaiting a long planned relief uh, scheme and the community is holding a meeting to discuss the flooding issue. It's in the local hall in Rathgormac tonight at 7.45 and Rathgormac was one of several Cork communities who were named as locations for proposed flood relief schemes and that was back in 2018 under this catchment flood assessment and management programme where they identified areas all over the country that were most at uh, risk of flooding and Rath Cormac was one of those. That was in 2018. We're five years past that and there's been no timescale for the work on the project to begin. Now the project initially when they looked at it in 2018 they reckoned it would cost 1.15 million, but obviously we know construction costs have increased dramatically since then. So that would be much higher by now. And I know the Echo put in a query into the Office of Public Works on behalf of the good people of Rath Cormac uh, to just to see, you know any date, any timeline of when they can expect the flood relief scheme. And the Office of Public Works confirmed the Rathcormick scheme was not in the first tranche of projects to be progressed and did not outline a, t- a timeline for the completion of the project, despite this, the specific query that they put in. So that certainly is not good news for the people of Rathcormick. But if you're living in that area, uh, the local hall tonight at 7.45, uh, a public meeting. Well, thanks to Morris, who is in East Cork, who's just te- texted in to say Kilteskin on the Ballybranigan Road is passable, but you do need to be very careful. So obviously there's a lot of surface water there on the Ballybranigan uh, Road in East Cork. Please drive with extreme uh, care. 0818103103 Please call us or text or WhatsApp us when it's safe to do so of course if you come across any flooding uh, in your area so that we can let other people know. Now we always welcome your emails Cork today at c103.ie and an email in looking for listeners' thoughts on this. Now, this is one I think is going to divide people. So I'll issue a warning uh, ahead of it. But hi, Trish. I won't name the county town where I, where we did our shopping last Saturday for fear of embarrassing the parents, especially mothers, that I'm about to talk about. I took my beloved wife shopping and I waited patiently in the car park for her to finish. While sitting right opposite the parent and toddler parking spaces, which, by the way, are right beside the main entrance to the supermarket, I could not help but notice the number of overweight mothers pulling in and using those parking slots. Now, to be fair to them, all bar one had a child under the age of 10. But it got me thinking, would those same mothers not be better off parking in the furthest away parking space from the supermarket entrance as it would allow them to get some extra steps in and that exercise might help them to lose some of the weight they are carrying. I've done a bit of research. 
says Mark. A Healthy Ireland survey shows that just four in ten of people have a normal weight. Six out of ten people are overweight and a further 23% are deemed obese. We need to do something to tackle our rising obesity levels. And maybe this is a simple one, but maybe we could start by moving all the parent and toddler parking spaces and moving them to the other end of the supermarket car park and the furthest away point from the entrance. I wait with keen interest your listeners' thoughts on this. Kind regards, Mark, who says, please withhold my full name and uh, address. So, your thoughts uh, welcomed on that on them and you know Mark is right the, and they are parent and toddler it isn't just mothers fathers can use them as well but they are the ones that in I'm open to correction but I think in the majority of supermarkets they are right beside the entrance normally what will be close by uh, or closer I hope uh, will be the wheelchair the the wheelchair disabled, uh, the disabled spots, uh, but the parent and toddler ones are closest. Now, they're wider as well, and I understand why they're wider, because if you're trying to get children in and out of buggies and car seats and all of that, and children opening doors, so they're always wider uh, as well. But how do parents feel about how, and mothers, Mark is saying mothers who are overweight, um, how would you feel about having those parent and toddler parking spaces, have them further away from the entrance to the supermarket and he's saying that it will allow those mothers to get in a little bit of exercise and by getting the exercise they may lose uh, weight. Your thoughts welcome to 0818 103 103 is Mark right or do you come in defence of parents and toddlers who need to be as close to the supermarket entrance as possible and it's not just all down to getting some exercise in. So much talk about road safety at the moment. Any suggestions to make them safer surely must be be looked at. Kerry Independent Dáil Deputy Michael Healy Ray has suggested added, adding motoring to the second level syllabus in all of our secondary schools and he joins me uh, to explain why. Good morning to you Michael. Good morning Patricia yeah. and uh, and before we begin Patricia could I just say to all of the people that, that have been so adversely affected by the flooding that I'm so sorry to the individuals, to the homeowners, to the business owners uh, I know that uh, they're seeking help and assistance and support and they really need it from their insurers and from government. And uh, I, I really hope that things will work out because I suppose fire and flood are probably the worst things that can happen to property, you know. Mm. And uh, I just feel so sorry for them as a small business owner myself that has experienced such events over the years. Uh, it's a horrifying time. But, but the main thing is that the people themselves are safe and that's the only consolation that you can have. And uh, and look, I hope that things will get back uh, into place for them as soon as possible yeah, and that they'll get the support they deserve. It, it was one of the points that I kept reiterating last week that no lives were lost because I was for, following Storm Babette in Scotland. I mean, three lives were lost in, in Scotland. You know, we can, we can replace furniture and stock and all of that, but thankfully uh, no life uh, was lost. But it's, I, just, it's interesting when you say insurance companies. Do you think insurance companies need to step up to the mark uh, on this? I mean, we we had a business owner who only took over the business two years ago in a premises that never, ever flooded before in Middleton. So he thought, well, I'm OK when the business flooded. He contacted his insurance company and they said, oh, no, 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 you're on a floodplain. And they, he said they couldn't get him off the phone uh, quick enough. 
uh, insurance companies need to be hauled up over this, don't, don't they? Well, over the weekend, believe it or not, during the course of doing my clinics, I happened to just by coincidence meet a group of young girls that uh, were visiting Killarney. And uh, one of them, one of the young girls, she had lost her motor car. And that girl was unsure whether or not her insurers were going to be able to honour you know, the insurance and, and cover her loss. So, look, I would hope, I'm a great believer in believing in people. Uh, I know you might say that insurance company would be quick to ab- abdicate themselves from responsibility, but I would hope that they will be, you know, kind and understanding. But, but when people are in a floodplain, and it's a warning note to people, if you are living in a flood, flood, floodplain, if your car is parked in a floodplain, always remember that you have to be sure about all these things ahead of time if you can, because there are properties in floodplain areas which are actually incorrectly placed there. They shouldn't be there. And uh, do not pe- people should watch out for things like that because... Uh, it has such massive consequences mm. afterwards, you know. Yeah, and insurance companies will get out of paying if they think they can, for sure. Anyway, let's go back to driving licence. Do you feel young people should be leaving school with both a leaving cert certificate and a driver's licence? Is that where yes. you're coming from on this? It is, I think that when you go out the door of your school, you should have your leaving certificate in one hand and your driver's licence, a full driver's licence in the other. It's very easily attainable in that all you need to do is win children going into secondary school that it should be part of the curriculum. First of all, studying the theory side of it, learning about road safety, learning about how to be courteous when you are driving a car, because in spite of the fact that the Greens might have this uh, airy, fairy idea that in the future young people won't have to drive a car, that's nonsense. I live in the real world. The Greens don't. They have this notion that, well, everybody will have public transport suitable to suit their needs and that they need never drive a car. Nonsense. Rubbish. One of the most fundamental things that young people will need to do in the future is drive. Well, if what? you live if you live in a, in the middle of Dublin, you can you can absolutely get away without ever you, you, ever you owning a, a car. But I've got friends of mine who live in London, and they say they wouldn't even consider having a car because the transport system is so good. But you can't say the same for people who are living in Cork and Kerry, particularly outside of the cities. Correct. We have a place called the rest of the world, which is in existence outside the Red Cow roundabout. Even though a lot of politicians who are centrally located in Dublin, and not a lot of government ministers, they seem to think it's all about Dublin and nowhere else. But yes, I represent outside of the Red Cow roundabout. And the answer to those people is, we need to drive. And one thing that I often see happening in life, Patricia, which is a real big problem, you could have a situation where a couple are getting a little bit older, and perhaps one of them passes away, and the other person has been relying on their spouse, be it the husband or the wife, to be the driver. Mm. And I come across it so often where a person is really left devastated, number one, at the loss of their their spouse, but also then their driver is gone. And it's late maybe in time to start driving a car or learning to drive. So I really think that every person should be taught how to, the skills of driving a car and then in transition year and in leaving cert, it should actually be part of it that they're doing their lessons. The, 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 the practicalities of changing wheels, checking for oil and water and everything about a car 
and doing their tests. Would would you go so ca- would you go so far as to give each school a car a car? For, oh, absolutely, oh, you would, okay. absolutely, absolutely. And that that pulling the bonnet would be a very practical thing, and knowing how to put water in the in the windscreen wash and just do the the, the main things that a person need be able to do and change a wheel and uh, all those sorts of things, very practical stuff that I think we teach young people, and I'm so grateful for, to our teachers. I believe they're a very special group of people, and they might be cursing me, saying, hold on, no, we have enough to be doing, then besides teaching people how to drive a car. But you see, they, we squeeze everything else into the curriculum. Surely be to God, this is one of life's practical skills that we should be looking at. We teach young people an awful lot about boys and girls and all that sort of thing and relationships. Uh, Which is important. That is important as well. Oh, but I'm not knocking it. I say exact opposite. I'm saying we do that and we usen't do it. Yeah, yeah. How well we were able to fit that into the curriculum. Yeah, so... so, so And and of course, the important thing is um, having a full driver's licence opens up, up a lot more opportunities for young people, doesn't it? Well, at the moment, you've 74,449 people waiting for a driving test. Now, an awful lot of those are young people. And unfortunately, that's holding up their their life. It's holding up their job prospects. It's holding up that they may be getting to college, all these different things. It's really causing them a lot of problems. And that's an awful situation for us to be in. And I and my colleagues in the Rural Independent Group, we have been seeking this to be addressed. We had a debate in the Dáil about it. We're really pushing it every way we can, right? And... and uh, Unfortunately, government, they promised us 75 new additional instructors. Now, again, they promised us the sun, moon and stars the other day again. And uh, all we can hope is that we will get there and that we will get on top of this situation. But my goodness, it is very slow. And uh, again, I have moms, dads, uncles, aunts, godparents on to me. Oh, will you try and get this stuff for my uh, Johnny or my Mary? And uh, unfortunately, we can't because the problem has been allowed to get so bad. Like, you know, 75,000 people is an awful lot of people waiting for a driving test, you know? Yeah. And that, that is where we are. And I, I heard Matthew McGrath, who, of course, is a, a member of, of the Rural Independent of Group, uh, call for a temporary amnesty for learner drivers to allow them to use their car without a qualified driver because of the yes. delays in yes. accessing and tests. Some people are making little of that suggestion to be blunt about it. They're sort of laughing at it. But I'll remind those people that we had that situation in the past where an amnesty was allowed. And you see, what we have said is we're not saying, oh, an amnesty, give a person the license and off with them and forget about it then after that. We're not saying that. What we're saying is give them the license now, provided they've done their um, their lessons and that they've been signed off by a competent instructor, which all our instructors are, right? Mm-hmm. And in other words, it would be like a temporary full license that they would still have to be called to do their test. But in the meantime, they would have the benefit of being able to drive on a full license, which would free them up for work purposes. You see, this is not about people wanting to sit in take care for the fun of it and drive up and down the road. I'm talking about people who needed to get on in life. To get to college, to get to work. Exactly. And if you want a young person to earn their bit of money in a part-time job, they need to be able to sit in and take care. And remember, you know, people talk about the dangers of the road. Sometimes when you see the amount of pedestrians and cyclists that are being sadly killed on our roads, 
sometimes maybe the safest place for a young person to be is actually in the safety of a motor car, going about their business and coming or going to work or coming or going to college. And and again, on this learner driver waiting to access their test or needing to have a fully qualified uh, driver, there's this urban-rural divide where it's these rules, while everyone accepts they're for road safety and for the betterment of the driver and all of that, but they disproportionately affect the rural young person than they do the urban one. Oh, absolutely. We get the hammering all the time in in rural areas versus anywhere else because... Like you said yourself correctly, in urban areas, there is so many other options of road transport available to them. But if you're living in a rural area, it is not there for you. And uh, again, the politicians above in Dublin, the Greens, who are leading by the nose, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael at the moment, and dictating how we run the country. It's amazing how such a small party has actually had such a, uh, a great influence on policy. They've really, like Fianna Fáil, have bought into them. Fine Gael have bought into them. And like the Greens... Well, they need them They need them to stay in government. Sure, sure of course they do. Yeah. But like, did you ever hear of the de- tail wagging the dog? Well, this tail has shaken the life out of the dog. It has the dog terrorised in that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are completely subservient now to the Greens. I have to leave it there but I can see a lot of people are agreeing with you particularly on the issue of getting young people to leave come out of secondary school with a leaving cert in one hand and a driving licence uh, in another. A lot of people seem 100% agree with Deputy Michael uh, Healy. Ray. Listen Michael, thank you for that and thanks for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Good morning to you. That is Kerry Independent uh, Doll Deputy uh, Michael Healy uh, Ray. Uh, Someone says just on what Michael is talking about and trying to get young people to pass their tests, but also just trying to make our roads uh, safer. Tom in Bantry says every car should be fitted with some kind of a system whereby once you touch your mobile phone, the car would alert you to stop like a, you know, a loud beeping noise would uh, go off. Uh, Similar to the system that we have when you don't have your seatbelt on and the warning sound goes off. Surely the technology is there. Uh, for that today that anyone who goes near touching their mobile phone because I mean they have proven that people you know you you do you lose concentration if you're trying to focus on something on your mobile phone and driving at the same time. By the way I can see there's a lot of commentary coming in reacting to Mark's uh, email about the overweight mothers should be parking further away from the supermarket and getting some exercise in. I'm not ignoring them I will get back to them but there's a lot of commentary uh, coming in uh, on that a lot of people against Mark but there are people who think Mark is dead right. But I want to move to a completely different issue because a story that gripped so many people has been turned into a documentary series which dropped last week on Disney+. Plus. Colleen Rooney, The Real Wagatha Story, takes viewers through the jaw-dropping Instagram post that simply broke the internet. Our entertainment correspondent, Crossy, was lucky enough that he travelled to London last week for a preview screening of the programme, I might add. Uh, good morning to you, Crossy. Good morning. Yeah. yeah, it was. Do you know what? It was one of those moments where you're sitting there in a cinema room and there was about 30 seats and it was mostly her friends and family, bar Wayne. And there was me and there was a girl from Sky News and a girl from This Morning. And we're sitting there going, why are we here? What's going on? And it, when you're watching it with the person who's on the screen sitting in front of you, it's a different sort of viewing because you're kind of watching her reaction 
to everything that's going on because it was her first time watching it herself. And then you're watching it as well. So you're, you've got your own opinion. You're looking at her opinion. And then you're looking at all her friends. And it's it's a remarkable story for people who don't know. It's basically she knew somebody was leaking private images and private stories about herself that she had on her personal page, her Instagram page, which only had 300 friends who she knew every single one of them. So she went, it goes from the start to the finish, how she found out who the person was. And it looks like it was Rebecca Vardy's account, who was her husband's teammate's wife. Like, it's wild to even think that, you know, we, we're all there. Look, we, we all go fishing sometimes and sometimes if we don't find things. But the odd time someone like Colleen would be able to, you know, strike gold and find out who the, who the snake is amongst her friends. And the one thing the programme really highlighted was... She did the all the investigation and trying to work it out. She did it on her own. I mean, her husband, Wayne, for example, <laughs> knew nothing about what she was doing and certainly didn't know that she was going to post what she ultimately posted on Instagram. So I, when I was when I when I heard about it and I heard it was happening with Disney, which is, you know, a reputable streaming site. I was like, I've heard everything about this. I know everything about it. It was on the news. We were talking about it. It's everywhere. I was like, what else is there to tell about it? And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, there definitely is more to talk about it. You know, you get you get to know a bit about her background. And then you kind of realize when she started to know stories were leaking. Like at one stage, this isn't a spoiler, but at one stage she crashed her car, but like grazed her car. And uh, she put a photograph up on her private page. And then a couple of days later, it was in the newspaper that she was in a horror smash. Her parents get phone calls from the newspapers going, is Colleen OK? But because of the time difference, because she was in America, they thought she had died. Yeah, like they thought she was the life like, out of them. And can I just say on Colleen's family, oh, yes. they come across as the nicest, sweetest people. So, so nice. Uh, there's a great line by the mother about Wayne because they talk about Wayne's extracurricular activities <laughs> and that's brought up in it. And that was really weird because I was behind her when they were when they were showing that. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know where to look. And, and, and I, the, the one sense that I got was you're so intelligent. You're such, you know, a lovely person. Why? Why are you here? And I, I just thought that was me. And afterwards, I was saying to the two girls that are beside me, and they're like, no, I think everyone was thinking the exact same because it was up there in black and white. But um, yeah, no, it's just every time, every, every time you watch it, you're kind of going, Jesus, Colleen, like you are an intelligent person. Why, why live this life? Why have this life? She loves him. Yeah, I think that's it. And there's a great, sorry, the great line about the mother is the mother says... I love Wayne, but sometimes I don't like him. And it's not a great thing to say about someone. You can love yeah. someone, but you don't have to like them all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, not a great thing to say about, say about your son-in-law. And what comes really comes across from Colleen Rooney's point of view, it shows the, her resilience in everything that she was doing was to protect her little family. Yes, yes. And, and, and do, you know, do you know what I like? I, I think it's an Irish thing in us that we're very nosy for people's houses. For anyone who wants to know how they live or what their houses are like, mother of God, like my little house would fit. It's probably 20, maybe 30 times the size of my little house. It's huge. They've got swimming pool, tennis courses, MDL pitches. Um, I think their hallway is probably bigger than the majority of our <laughs> house is living right now. And you're kind of going, why do you need all this? But she's, what comes across is she's a very hands-on mom. 
I think, you know, a lot of people think these people who are rich have nannies and babysitters and God knows what else. It kind of came across in this one compared to the Beckham one that she was hands on and still is hands on with her whole family. The, the, the episodes are about 45 minutes long each. They're worth a watch. You kind of get to see the the opposite side of what was coming out on the press. You get to see her normal and you kind of get to laugh at Wayne Rooney. Mm. Like he's a bit of a big Egypt, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you get to you get to love Colleen Rooney. And I mean, she did it. The whole idea of making this documentary was to set the record straight. She wanted to put her story out and she's very much succeeded, Crossy. Oh, she has. She has. I think a few people were, were kind of nervous that is this going to bring back everything? But I don't think it has. I, I think people have, you know, it's quenched their thirst now. And I think that chapter is probably over because we've finally got to know the ins and outs. Now, this is unless Rebecca Vardy is going to do something now and you get the opposite side. But I don't think so. I think this is it now. Um, I was talking to someone earlier on about they're wondering why are all these shows happening? Like, why is there a David Beckham one on? Why is and there's a few more being being announced in the next couple of weeks. It's because of the writers and actors strike that no written comedies or dramas or anything like that are like the the writers are back now, but the actors aren't. So in the next couple of weeks and months, you're going to start to see a lot more documentaries like these because they're the only things that can be filmed at the moment. I I love them. I love them. Bring them on. You've mentioned you've mentioned the Beckhams. While I think Colleen Rooney can sit back and say, yeah, I did the right thing. You think the Beckhams might be starting to regret theirs? Rebecca Lewis coming out of the blocks. Rebecca Lewis is she's on the loose this morning. And I, I feel sorry for in a way she says that if they had just ignored that chapter of their lives or if they hadn't have said the way they said it, that she wouldn't like she said she is over with she has a, a you know a husband couple of kids she's away from the limelight but she says there's so many people watching this Netflix documentary that she said I'm not letting my name being you know bandied around by people that I'm the evil person and she says I have a lot to say so if I'd say if you're in the Beckham household now today you'd be going oh Christ what have we done because she she's back from it's like 2008 again yeah. she, she's back in the front pages she did an interview with the Daily Mail earlier on today and um, that's a video in video form and that's doing the rounds and she She's come out with some wild accusations. But again, she said if they just ignored that chapter of their life or if they said it and it handled it in a different way, she wouldn't be talking. So yeah, she's the right to reply and that's what she's doing. They've re- really brought this one uh, on themselves. And of course, <laughs> this is all great for, for Disney+. Plus. The amount of people that I heard last week in advance of the Colleen Rooney uh, documentary coming out, the amount of people I heard are all going to sign up to, di- to Disney+. Plus. These are big attractions, aren't they? Everyone seems to be doing it now. The the terrestrial television of, you know, watching something by appointment, unless it's a football match or a game match or whatever it is, people don't seem to be doing it anymore unless it's something perfect fit for terrestrial TV. And reality shows seem to be that, you know, your Love Islands, your Big Brothers and all that, where you're watching it every single night. Uh, but like there's so many now you've got Paramount, you've got Now, uh, Disney. Uh, I know um, Now look after the likes of all the HBO stuff. But in America, HBO have their own one as well. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it, it's kind of sad because some TV shows people aren't able to watch. Mm. Like my friend Cat won't sign up to Apple. 
and Apple have the morning show, which is fantastic. And uh, they've got Ted Lasso. But there comes a point where I think I, <laughs> I would presume to some of them are going to come yeah. together. Yeah, but you have to decide what you're going to sign up to and what you're not. You've mentioned Big Brother. You were over at the weekend at the Big Brother set. Yeah, so a friend of mine works on the show and invited me over. Uh, I've been watching it this season. I was a massive fan back in the day, a massive fan. I loved when they just put in a lot of oddballs or they put, put in different people with different views. I kind of felt the last like six or seven years of it, they were just reality stars wanting to be famous. And it kind of ruined that sort of, you know, what it was. If, you, if you're not watching it, it's on Virgin Media 2 at the minute, but they're all so diverse which is what's making them because they're all normal people and more than likely they're all going to go back to their normal jobs maybe maybe two or three weeks after leaving Big Brother so there's something a bit special about that yeah and they're yeah, getting ratty sure. at the minute and well, is so it I've been do, watching is it, it and it, uh, we is, went over is it, it doing it's well is it doing well viewership wise is it getting it is, it, it, is. is. It, it's in England, it's at the million mark with, for ITV2, which would be like kind of like Virgin Media 2 here, which is massive. They're saying that they thought they'd get, you know, a half a million. I, I think Love Island gets maybe 800,000. So the fact it's over Love Island is doing well. And there's rumours that there's going to be a celebrity one next year. And they're already talking about names as who's going to, who would go into Celebrity Big Brother because it's a bit easier than I'm a celebrity. Mm. And one of the names being touted is Philip Schofield. Oh, so, you'd, be, yeah. you'd be watching for that. And I have to say before I let you go, uh, just on Disney Plus, I'm late to the party on this one, but I'm absolutely obsessing about it. Um, the Wrexham documentary. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh. Isn't it great? It really is. Oh, if you want to treat yourself, I would say to anyone, but go back and watch series one and I'm halfway through series two and I am completely, I've decided on my bucket list. I want to go and see uh, Wrexham at the race course and I want to go into the turf pub and have a pint. Well, do you know what? And this is what this is why they made it. They've put Wrexham on the on the on the mark. We went to Ted Lasso. If you're into like a, a drama, we went to Richmond to the pub and to the pitch as to where they where uh, Ted Lasso's filmed. And again, they've put Richmond and London on the map as well. So these type of things, they're good. They're yeah. good that they're able to do this. Yeah, they work. They work for sure. Okay, listen, uh, Crossy, pleasure as always. Uh, thank you for that. And, and did you enjoy Big Brother being on the set? The fact you've been watching it was there something special about. Well, do you know what? I, I was down the very back, away from everything, and got to meet the hosts, have a bit of chat with them. And then the, they decided that they were going to bring the cameras down the back. And my big mug was on Big Brother <laughs> to a million people. And my phone hopped out of it on Friday. Hopped out of it. I was like, what is going on? Everyone had spotted me. I didn't think I was on it. I was on it for about five minutes on the TV. So that was uh, my ITV debut. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody wants to know, would Crossy do one of those programmes? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think Big Brother would be too bored. I was asking someone who was on it before, and they said your mind will go wild because you're so bored. All you know, you only see an hour of it every day. I'd like to do. I'm a celebrity just to lose a bit of weight. Yeah. Oh, I was going. <laughs> that would be the one that I would not be able to do. Love it, and I can't. And, and they've oh. already. They, that's dropping in another few weeks, isn't? It? That's going to be on. That's always on before Christmas. So Big Brother ends on Friday, four weeks away. Yeah. And on the Sunday, I'm a celebrity starts. Look.
<laughs> he is so marked. He's marked in the calendar already. Crossy, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for that. Have you a lovely too. day and thanks for joining us. That you is too. our entertainment uh, correspondent, uh, Crossy. Just let me quickly go uh, to some of your comments in particular with regard to flooding because Cork County Council have been on. They're aware of incidents of surface water uh, flooding across the east of the county but they're especially concerned at the moment about Rathcormac so please be very, very careful when you're out and about. Uh, Ema says the drains need to be cleared out. She was walking to work this morning in the city centre and she passed three drains that were completely blocked by leaves said to water flooding onto the footpath. People were getting soaked as they were simply walking to work or school. A guy from a nearby shop came out. He simply had a normal sweeping brush and he cleared the leaves and the water then started to flow down the, the, the drains. It really isn't rocket science. It's simple. Clear the drains and you won't have as much flooding. John is in Cloyne. He said a big problem that really needs to be looked at if we are to avoid floods into the future are blocked drains on farmland. He said there's no point putting a lot of money into flood relief systems if it's just going to happen again and again. The council will be better off getting those drains on farmlands cleared or else give a bit of money to farmers to clear the drains. And uh, Michael was listening to Michael, Deputy Michael Healy-Ray and Michael said a lot of what Michael Healy-Ray had to say about houses being incorrectly placed on floodplains, I would have to agree with. Does this now pose the question? Are those who placed those houses on floodplains, those who certified the planning permission to build those houses on floodplains and in some cases in holes uh, in the lowest possible place, are any of them now accountable? Queries Michael in uh, Castletown Bear. And someone else says, well done to Michael Healy Ray for his points on flooding. This listener says, but you must remember 60 five millimetres of rain fell in Ballyhay on Thursday night alone. A lot of places got flooded Friday and Saturday. It was worse then when the local river burst its banks. Numerous houses got flooded so all those people need the same attention that the people of Middleton are getting with the same set of compensation. Many people are homeless today because of it but they are entitled uh, to it. The fund that has been opened by the government, the one that's there from the Red Cross already that can give you up to 20,000 and then what's going to be passed by Cabinet tomorrow. That's open to everyone who has flooded. I think a lot of focus has gone on Middleton because the amount of flooding that happened in uh, Middleton. Now, can I leave your commentary there for a moment and I will come back to it because I want to go to a piece because this happened on Friday night. Just time for a visit to the big red chair. But but before we do anything, I must uh, begin with an apology because uh, last week uh, there was someone on the red chair uh, and they were less than kind about the town of Formoy in County Cork in Ireland. Well, suffice to say, the people of Formoy not happy. Uh, <laughs> quite upset about it. So uh, we'd like to apologise. Though, in fairness, I did defend Fromoy and said it was the home of the big pencil. But sadly, I must apologise again because apparently the giant pencil has been removed. <laughs> However, on the upside, Fromoy did win cleanest town in Ireland 2007 and 2018. So I imagine it's still quite clean. Big up for Moy. Well done to our Graham Norton for bigging up uh, for Moy. I'm joined by Councillor Noel McCarthy, Chair of Moy Tidy Towns and obviously the lo- a local Fine Gael Councillor for Moy. Uh, good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia, and thank you for having me on the show. Did you know the apology was forthcoming? 
No, Patricia. It was a big surprise. I, I sat down with my partner, Sharon, actually said to me before the show came on, I wonder, will they mention for my... I wasn't expecting it, Patricia, but I got such a surprise and we were delighted to hear from my getting the apology and for Graham to mention us on the show and finishing off by saying up for my. It was so much to us. It really did. And in, really fairness, did. in fairness, wearing your other hat as chair of the Tidy Towns Group, it was the Tidy Towns Group who wrote to Graham to express your yes. annoyance. Yes, we were we, we were very upset, as I explained on your show last week. We were very upset when the comments made, were made by Zoe on the chair, horrible, horrible. And as you can imagine, we have a great committee led by our project manager, Paul Kavanagh, that put a lot of effort both with the committee and volunteers in the town in getting the appearance to town looking well, trying entering competitions and trying to keep the town clean for our visitors, for ourselves living in the town. And you can imagine, Patricia, as I said last week, the disappointment with them words of horrible, horrible. But to get to the apology was absolutely great. And and again, our invitation is for Graham to come to visit us. Uh, in the town in due course. We'd love to have them. But <laughs> we were so happy as a group. Well, they say, Noel, that there's no such thing as uh, bad publicity. I mean, ultimately, you've you've turned this around. This is this could be good for the town of Fomoy. Yes, we, we, we felt by, by putting this um, complaint in and asking to withdraw the comments and get an apology was putting a positivity on it, which we needed to do. Because for me, as you know, Patricia, is a lovely town, like every town in our country is a lovely town to visit. And like we are very proud of our town, like everyone else is. And the positivity that came out from this, we take on board. Because we think for me, is put on the map because of the amount of viewers, millions of people watch Graham Norton. It's a, an international show. And... So many people watch it. And we've put Fomoy on the map by trying to get the apology, which we got. And giving out the right things about Fomoy. If it's well worth the visit, if you're coming to Ireland, coming to Cork, come and visit Fomoy. And that's what we wanted to show. So the apology meant so much in so many different ways. Yeah, and, and I have to say this time last week when we were talking about the initial comment and, you know, how upset people were, it was the wave of positivity from the people of Formoy, people who had lived in Formoy, either either born there and have moved elsewhere or people who lived and worked there for a period of time. That really blew me away. I mean, local people love and are very proud of their town. Yes, and, and, and when for my we were so upset, as you said, but the people came out and showed their support for my showed their support for the tidy towns to our group because they always compliment us on all the work we do. And that's shown true by getting their apology and saying and even people you saw the comments yourself on social media, as you said, people that lived in or brought up in the town moved away, but they're so proud and were so upset with them comments. So they stood up for the t- their town like we all did here. And even people living in surrounding areas for my were very supportive and said, no, for my isn't a horrible, horrible town. Okay. And they were the words that hurt us the most. OK, a couple of listeners said, any chance of bringing back the big pencil? <laughs> well, the pencil is the pencil is there in a way. Smaller they version. changed the one that Graham... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a sign there for Faber Castell, which we're very proud of, where the pencil is made, or the what, what the pencil is uh, uh, referring to. Yeah. So we're very proud of that business here. Where, in the where town is as well. the so, old big pencil? Any idea? Sorry. Do you know where the old? Sorry, do you know where the old big pencil is? No, I think they just uh, they just um, 
put in a different, I think that needed repair or something, so oh, I don't know okay. what happened right. to it. Okay. But they put in a lovely pencil down over the lovely sign <laughs> and it's there up in, um, it, it up in Shunnick's Cross. I've, I yeah. pass it, I pass it uh, very often. And just finally, Noel, uh, before I let you go, I mean, obviously lots of focus on uh, flooding last week and, and people uh, fearful again this morning. Thankfully, not uh, for Moy, but you're a town that knows what East Cork it went through last week and could be going through again today. But your flood relief scheme, very much saving the town now, isn't it? Yes, we're very lucky, Patricia. 40 million was spent on the flood relief um, in 2009 and 2012. It was completed north and south. We're so lucky here, but we do sympathise with the people. Even in our own area, we must think of the people in Rackhamwick, which I'm thinking of, and we're at a meeting there tonight to discuss what plans we can help them going forward. And we're also thinking of people in Middleton and other areas that are affected, like Glenmire and so on. We know, and people know, I've been, they've been saying that over the weekend and for my, how lucky we are and for my, but so upset for the people of other areas that are now face, facing what we face, that are now have, have what we had before. So we're really upset for them and know what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. OK, listen, Noel, I appreciate you taking our call this morning. Thank you for that. Have a good Monday. Thank you, Patricia, and thanks for having me on. Uh, really good morning. appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Fine Gael Councillor uh, in Formoy, Noel McCarthy, with a wonderful apology from Graeme Norton on Friday night. 0818 103 103 on parking and young people learning to drive. A called his grandson, had everything sorted for the car, driving licence, tax, insurance, car, everything, but now can no longer drive to university in UCC in the city where he's going. Why? He can't get parking. He now has to get the bus from Kinsale every morning. God, you do everything right and then you never think you're not going to be able to get the parking. But listen, God knows only last week uh, we had Dan who was queuing to get into the car park in CUH for an appointment. So I can, um, I didn't realise it was such a problem for UCC as well, even though that's all kind of very much in the one uh, area. And on the driving lessons for young people, uh, John says, Deputy Michael Healy Ray is 100% right to call for these driving lessons while pupils are still in secondary school. Now, John knows what he's talking about. He's a professional driver. He said the course is introduced in 2008 and they have to be constantly retested. But you can just get a provisional licence and that's it. There is a lot of those getting those that simply can't drive properly. We are the ones being punished. They can't get bus or truck drivers because of the pay and the hours and the new testing that they're planning to bring in. John, as a professional driver, reckons it isn't going to make things better. Thank you for your call, John, to 0818 103 103. And then a slew of commentary coming in from Mark, who emailed the programme, who was suggesting that overweight mothers should be parked further away from the supermarket. They shouldn't have the parent and toddler parking spaces. Well, he says they should have them, but they should have them at the opposite end of the car park, further away from the entrance. And he reckons it would be a good way for overweight mothers uh, to get some exercise. Eileen is out on Bear Island, uh, says if Mark had any spine at all, he would have given his real full name. It's common for mothers who have just had babies to be a little bit overweight. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, said Eileen. Uh, Usually the lads you see giving out at women for their weight are usually overweight themselves. They're just trying to deflect. There's never anything said to fathers who take their children into the supermarkets to do the shopping. Someone else says, ouch, Mark, 
way too much time on your hands. Mag says, try removing, a, try manoeuvring a buggy and toddlers in tow in a busy, dangerous car park with cars entering and exiting instead of sitting on your backside oogling young mothers. He should do a few laps of the car park himself, says uh, Mags. Catherine says, Patricia, I think Mark seems to have little worries in life. What I kind of find creepy is a man sitting in his car gawking at women while his own wife was inside doing their shopping. Mark doesn't come across as a very nice person. My wish for him is that his worries and troubles in life will continue to be this minor. Best wishes. That's from uh, Catherine. Uh, This is from Mike who says, remarks message. I actually don't agree with him. Here's a man disagreeing with Mark. As a father myself, whose children now are grown up, I was delighted to be able to use those toddler and pairing parking spaces as we tried to bring our children to and from many events as possible, be it football, music, shopping, whatever. A parent is always rushing most of the time and the help that these parking spaces give is simply Unbelievable. Trying to park in a normal space with three or four children, one running left, one running right, trying to keep an eye on them. It's a great service, if for nothing else but the children's safety. Mark's reference to people's weight. Okay, our society has changed in the last 40 or so years, and especially over the last 20 years. Children don't walk or cycle several miles to school anymore. The safety of our children is putting a lot of extra work, cost and pressure on parents. And personally, I think parents with young families families don't have much personal me time to go for walks or to do any kind of manual work which used to help people to keep in better physical shape. Nobody knows what the next person is going through or what situations they're dealing with. There's an old saying, come live with me to know me. So could he come up with a constructive idea to help in his community rather than criticise others? And that's from Mike responding to Mark's uh, comment. But Tim says Mark is 100% correct. Those children of the overweight mothers are potentially invitees onto the RTE programme Operation Transformation and then we'll all be subjected to watching them crying on TV. Uh, It's now these mothers need to show an example to their children and get them out walking and allow these car park spaces be utilised for more deserving people. And I would include in that the elderly. That's from Tim in uh, Toker. Someone else says, hi, Patricia, I agree. Uh, Mark has got... I, I agree, but I would go one point further. I would actually abolish these parent and toddler spaces altogether. They should be given to the elderly and they should be given to people with disabilities. Why should those huge SUVs get a special parking uh, space? And someone else says it should be first come, first served with those parking spaces, bar the disabled ones, the ones that have the blue badges. Okay, that's just a sample of some of the text and commentary coming in from Mark. Uh, Emails, your thoughts uh, continue to be welcomed. You can call John Paul at 0818 103 103. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Experienced construction workers are wanted for an ongoing job in McCroom. Now, applicants must have a safe pass. You need to manual handling CVs to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. Bandon Kitchens. They've got a vacancy for an apprentice cabinet maker. You must have good English and your own transport would be an advantage. CVs to info at bandonkitchens.ie. Sales assistant wanted. It's for super value in the Riverview Shopping Centre in Bandon. CVs to Nicole O'Driscoll at musgraves.ie. 
and personal healthcare assistant required for the Irish Wheelchair Association in Clonakilty. You apply online to iwa.ie forward slash careers. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Now, a farming organisation has said that the government's current proposal to extend compulsory purchase order powers to commercial entities is actually alarming. Joining me to share their concerns, Dennis Drennan. Now, Dennis is the Deputy President of the Irish Creamery and Milk Suppliers Association. Good morning to you, Dennis. Good morning to you and all your listeners. Uh, You're very welcome to the programme. I suppose, start by outlining, what is the current situation if a commercial entity wants to utilise private lands, i.e. farmlands? Well, if a commercial entity wants to use farmlands or anybody else's lands for that matter, that would be in a city or a rural situation, uh, it's a private uh, or it's a private deal between the commercial company and the land landowner in question. So there's no powers they have to either come to a deal or else they have to walk away and find an alternative route. So if a landowner doesn't want a certain piece of infrastructure going across their lands, they're perfectly entitled to either come to a deal in compensatory terms or say no, not at all. So this plan is to extend CPOs. From what I can see and and the research that I did over the weekend, is it just for electricity infrastructures? Well, look at it. It's, it's, maybe that's the, the the myth that's out there at the moment. But who knows what's going to happen in the future? I mean, we just don't know. Uh, you know, it probably it's, it's stemming probably from uh, solar farms and from wind farms, uh, which at the moment there's a a personal deal that's done with the, the company involved. But uh, we just don't know what may happen in the future with, with, with biomethane production or anaerobic digestion or what may be needed as regards gas pipelines or any other infrastructure project. But, I mean, as things stand, we think it should be the status quo. If it's a national infrastructure project, the national bodies have means of, of dealing with it. But um, if it's a private company, a commercial company, whose only interest is to make profit out of the project, why should uh, landowners, as I said, either rural or urban, uh, be inconvenienced if they don't want to be? Would you see it as a breach of your your constitutional rights as a landowner? Absolutely, absolutely. But I I, I don't think we should focus just on rural uh, issues on this one. It is a massive rural issue, obviously, if if it's going to be large-scale projects in rural Ireland. But, I mean, it could be in cities and and people's front and back gardens Mm. as things go forward. So, you know, if, if, if it's a tin end of a wedge, as I said, like, I mean, it may start just with uh, electrical, electric cables being buried under people's land or, or, on, or passing across people's land. But who knows where it's going to finish if, if this law is, is, is changed. Yeah, there's the fear factor that it could set a dangerous precedent. Absolutely. like, And uh, that's a precedent we don't want to see exploited is probably the correct term to use in this case because as 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 you stated from the start there are commercial entities that are trying to get these uh did the law changed here now there, there was a public consultation period i think it closed uh, the middle of the month do you know if many people aired their concerns uh, i'm not sure to be honest now it, it was a very um it was a very um <laughs> non publicized public consultation period obviously we we put in a consultation on behalf of landowners and farmers but um i'm not too sure if many more people were aware of it and i think you know as you have already stated there the, the i suppose the 
the presumption is that it's just going to be on farmland, but who knows where if it, if yeah. it is. When, yeah, who knows well, what, where well, it's going to go in the future. I have to say, and, and, and I try to keep a close eye on, on, on these things because of the nature of the work that we do here on, on the programme. Uh, I only became aware of it after the consultation period had closed on the 13th of October. And that was a consultation period giving the public the chance to provide their, their views. And, you know, they were asking the public about the possible benefits and challenges. But the actual period was closed by the time I became aware of it. So I don't know, was this heavily publicised, Dennis? No, I wouldn't think so. Not, not, not as far as I'm aware, but this is normally the thing like that. I mean, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then a lot of these uh, public consultations are allow allow the perception to go that this is only for farmland or it's only for certain circumstances. But uh, I think if if private companies are entitled to CPO their way across anybody's property, who knows where it's going to finish off. So a lot more people may be affected by this than, you know, the presumption is at the moment. So Mm -hmm. that's why we have to keep a close eye on these matters. And have you had any discussions with the Department of the Environment? Because uh, the proposals are coming from that department. We, we've had one initial um, interaction with them where, where we stated our case, where we, we felt that the, the status quo where we are, that, OK, if it's a national infrastructure project, that's, uh, and even at that, like, I mean, CPO could, should be the last um, method or the last, the last straw to get a project across the line. Uh, but, um, you know, in, in, for private companies to have the same powers, as national bodies, it's just totally unacceptable. OK, we'll keep a close eye on this one for sure. Um, Dennis, listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. That is uh, Dennis Drennan, who is the Deputy uh, President of the ICMSA. And as I say, people are uh, concerned. I saw the the Leash Offaly TD, Carol Nolan. She's saying that any extension to the CPO uh, power, she called it out and said it would be very much a retrograde uh, step. So we'll keep a close eye on this. Uh, 0818 103 103. Uh, John Paul taking the calls. You can text our WhatsApp as to 0862 103 103. And I just saw a text uh, come in because we covered this issue on the programme last week and disappointed to hear this from uh, Jim to say, Patricia, we went to the unveiling of the long overdue statue of Michael Collins on the Grand Parade in Cork City last Friday. And we were speaking about it the day before and we were all quite excited about this. And I've seen pictures. I haven't seen it in the flesh, so to speak, but I have seen pictures and it looks Stunning, I have to say. Anyway, according to Jim, unfortunately, the VIP tent was at ground level, so we couldn't see the speakers. And moreover, nobody had checked the PA system 
And all we could hear where we were standing was a bit of a mumble. We we and a good few others left actually before the unveiling. Now, we'll return another day to see the statue. Uh, Very disappointing. There should have been, and what should have been a momentous occasion was so badly organised. And as there were so many in attendance, and I I was told there was about 1,500 people that turned up. All I saw was what was online and people up on social media and everybody, and I saw some clips that went out on the news. I don't know if others were there and was it just where Jim happened to be standing they couldn't hear the PA I suppose because of the weather the weather for the weather wasn't great for the day that was in us so I'm assuming that's why they had to put up some kind of a VIP uh, tent and obviously the VIP tent must then have been blocking the sound system because normally any of those PA systems you know they're you can be heard no matter where you're standing but I'm assuming it must have blocked it in some way which is a huge disappointment I don't know where Jim uh, travelled from but if you made a point of travelling from the county and I know a lot of people from West Cork certainly were travelling up to see the unveiling but did others go and were others with Jim on this or was was it very much unfortunate where Jim was standing that he couldn't see anything and more, worse than that he couldn't hear anything uh, 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking your calls, you can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103 and I'm just told the bog road in Carrick Hill has now flooded and it is impassable, that's impassable the bog road in Carrick Tool and Irish Rail have been on to say the gate crossing from Bosterfinch to Charleville will be closed until further notice the council will be putting up a diversion sign Irish Rail are urging motorists not to drive over any rail crossing between Butterfield and Charleville. Rail services are also going to be delayed as rail services between Mallow to Cork will be okay, but intercity is going to be affected with what's going on and I'm assuming that's all down to flooding. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Martina O'Donoghue has Cork's greatest hits for your drive home on C103. It's another exciting week in Cork as we gear up for the Jazz Festival. Plus, I'm getting my costume ready for Halloween. Maybe I won't wear it when I'm out for the jazz, though. Join me for another spectacular week of Cork's greatest hits as I put my jazz hands to good use playing the tunes for you. Drive time, weekdays from four. Let's go together. Only on C103. At Zone, we're serious about buying and selling cars. We know nothing about garden furniture, gym equipment, or guinea pigs. But if you want a car, we're your people. We're Ireland's trusted motoring marketplace with the quality cars, advice, and tools to help you make the right purchase. Carzone.ie, a serious site for serious buyers. Visit Designer Exchange this weekend at Brown Thomas Cork. Shop a curated edit of pre-loved luxury handbags and accessories or book an appointment and continue the life cycle of your own luxury pieces by exchanging them for a Brown Thomas gift card. For more information and to book your appointment, visit brownthomas.com. Some jobs call for a hero, and some call for a local hero. A trusted, accredited tradesperson in your area to help with the jobs that go beyond DIY, like boiler replacements, electric vehicle charger installation, or heat pump installation. And with warranties covered by Borgosh Energy, you know you're in the safest of hands. Find the hero you need for the job you need doing. Book your free survey at localheroes.ie today. T's and C's apply. Hello? Hi, Susan. 
I'm just ringing to tell you about Abbey Mobility. I finally had the stair lift fitted and to say it has changed my life is an understatement. I've gained back my independence. Oh, Abbey Mobility. Tell me, was it expensive? Well, they have new and second-hand options and they helped me obtain a council grant which lowered the cost. It's a small price to pay for the sense of well-being. Abbey Mobility. No, I think it's time I give them a call. Thanks, love. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. This is a run. Is it two kilometres or 42? Do you think it'll be a personal best? Whether it's your first run or your first marathon, what matters is you are running. Find your pace with Irish Life Dublin Marathon. A better life with Irish Life. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. Can you talk to me? Cork today on C103. A new project uniting West Cork and Belfast in an artistic partnership is set to take place this year and again next year. Joe O'Leary of Ballydehob Music Venue Levi's joins me to talk about the cross-border artist network, which is called The Ties That Bind. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm very well, and you're very welcome to the programme. We're, we're, we're getting calls in about flooding all over the place. Are you all OK? Are you OK in Bally de Hob? I'm about 20 feet above the water here, looking down at it. So I'm, I, things are, no, things are good. We're, we, we, um, we got off lightly compared to some other parts of the county. Indeed, yeah. yeah, indeed you did. Now, this yeah. is a joint venture between Cork City Council and Belfast. Uh, Cork County Council and Belfast City Council. Um, how did Levi's and your, your good self become involved in it? I know you could get more than enough for calling it Levi's, by the way. <laughs> yeah, go on. What, how do, how do, now, I, now, I'd solve the argument. How do you, how do you pronounce it? Um, how you remember it is, leave us, as in leave us alone. <laughs> well, well do you know us. something? I, I would always have said leave us, but John Paul, who hails from West Cork, calls it Levi's. Oh. Oh my God, he must be from Bandon or somewhere. He is, he is actually. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've difficulties with us further down. <laughs> okay, so so start again. Joe O'Leary from Leave Us, Valley to Hot Music Venue joins me. How did Leave Us become involved in this? Um, I suppose it came very naturally. We've been, we've, we're here 10 years now, myself and Caroline uh, are running it and developing the music side of things and it all happened quite organically. Um, and then over the years, you find that there's sister and brother venues around the country that you have a lot in common with. And one of those was um, the Duncairn uh, Art Centre up in Belfast. The musicians that would have been playing both there and in our place kept saying, oh, they're like a, a, a Belfast version of you up there, you know, and they look after you and they give you the dinner and they give you the accommodation and they treat you well and it's a lovely room and a listening room, you know. So over the years, um, we kept hearing this, and eventually Ray of the Duncairn wandered down to us <laughs> earlier this year and uh, just came in the door. I was actually up on the roof trying to fix the roof, and he came in and I said, who are you? And he said, oh, Ray from the Duncairn. And we hit it off anyway, had a half-hour power meeting, and, uh, and next thing we said, you know what, we should do something together. And that's kind of how it came about. And then we noticed that the, the Shared Island Fund, which is run by the Department of Taoiseach, um, has always been running stuff to kind of bring the north and south together more collaboratively in true business. But this is the first time they've done they've done it uh, through the arts, and it just came up, and we said let's go for this, and got in touch with the Cork County Council, and Ray obviously with his 
uh, Belfast City Council, and off we went. And we're very we're we're, we're privileged and delighted that we were selected to to go forward. With it, you know. Yeah, and well done for being so proactive about it. Have you been up to Belfast to the Duncan Arts Centre? I it's, I actually haven't been up to Belfast Duncan Arts Centre, but it's on it's part of the remit. Now we're going up there next month. Um, to sit down and meet their team because they actually have a very sizable team. Um, they're very, they're a, a decently funded organisation um, through the Belfast City Council, you know, and other fund and other private donations. So, like, it would be nice to see how they do that because we're kind of a bit more, how do you say, cottage industry down here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> the same person that's. Uh, Booking the gig could also be making the bed or, or, <laughs> our, or our, cooking the dinner. Are up on the roof fixing the roof. Are up on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's great is that there's this mutual appreciation and we do share. It came through artists actually saying to both of us, saying you should actually do something together because your ethos is the same. And we do. We we were always doing little bits of residencies when we could afford to. Or Cork County Council got involved down through the years and we might have someone like Claire Sands or Susan O'Neill doing... Um, Workshops where they come in for three or four days, do some open ones in the in the back of the bar, but also they'd go into the schools and get kids in and so on. Brilliant. So we've we've always been doing a bit of that, but it's kind of I want to say it's hit and miss in terms of uh, it's all comes down to our financial capabilities of doing it, and we've all, we've always stro- struggled there because just our location and the size of the population here, you know, there's only 270 people in the village of Aldehub. Belfast is a small bit bigger right here. Um, just a little, know, just a little. So just to, just outline how it will, how it's actually going to work. Well, we're feeling our way through it, but basically the proposal is there's going to be eight artist residencies. Okay. Um, and then there's two mentor um, musicians. So the two mentor musicians are amazing artists called Joshua Burnside from up there and then uh, Mick Flannery from uh, down here. Yeah. And then the, the eight residencies will pick... Um, they, they might be there might be more than one on the bill, and we pick them, and then we will also co-curate um, a night up in Belfast, and they will co-curate a night down here. Um, but with the residencies, you'll be bringing down people from there to work with the community here, um, and and it's not we're not going to keep it just exclusive to music. We will also we're already talking about um, the tradition of the Rand Boys. Yeah, which over the years here it kind of come back a little bit. It's great, and um, we're talking about maybe tying Adam with the tradition of the mummers, um, which is the, is the equivalent, you know, and and seeing what we could come up with together, you know, and just working together, working on both the music side of it and then the the um, the show side of it, you know. So it, it we're still feeling our way through it, um, and but. That's the general gist of what, what's going to happen. Yeah, over the next so, eight, it's over eighteen months. Like, so you, you're very, you'll very much be reaching out to emerging musicians and emerging artists to get involved. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that's what, what we've always done here. It's like um, they, the, the fancy name they call for it is co-design. Yeah. Where you, you basically <laughs> you just uh, talk to people in your community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you just uh, you know you work it out, and we we obviously do. We will open mics, and we'll be doing more open mics. And and um, from that, a clearer picture will come in terms of who we can work with and who can come up. And it's just the talent on here, for the size of the place, like just the Miz and Head alone, the talent is ridiculous. And over the 10 years we've been here, we've seen people like Molly O'Mahony, um, Polly Barrett, Lee Salamandas. There's a, a world music band called um, 
La Macha, who formed here. There's people from Mexico, from England, from France, from Ireland, Ennis, like, and they were formed in Ballyhub. And like, like that's amazing. That's incredible. The, the wealth of, of talent here. Now, some of them are, are well-known, some of them aren't, like, you know, Andy Salamandas this year and Molly Romani um, were up to Folk Awards with RTE and stuff like that, and they're, they're doing better than, say, others, but they're all really, really talented, and that's our job to provide that platform. Yeah, but you see, but, that, you know, that, that, that's exactly what they need. I mean, we've got really talented musicians who are in their bedrooms or in their parents' shed or, or whatever. They need yeah. the venues. They need the people to say, we'll take a punt on you, you know, come play. They need that uh, public exposure. And that's what I think is fantastic about this partnership. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like, otherwise, they slip through the cracks. The yeah. talent in Ireland and the talent in West Cork, and obviously in Belfast. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, the, the per, it, it's huge. So you have to give them a space, a little stage to perform, you know. Um, and, like, we do it on the smallest level in the country, but we're trying to do it right, you know. Um, like, we're the smallest venue, one of the smallest venues in Ireland. Our, our capacity is about 40 um, we have a slightly bigger space outside it takes about 60 but it's mainly the room inside and any space can become a platform and that's the thing like we would love in every town that there was something mm. like this mm. and every town and you if you if you do it like with that openness um, the community get involved very much so they buy in they buy, they buy in, in and, and they and they support what's the size of the venue in, in Duncairn what's their arts Duncairn and? has a few different rooms I think they have one that takes up to 200 because oh, it's an old church oh. um, but they also have a smaller space like us like the 40 to 50 you know um, and I know Lace Alamanda's man from, from Ballad Hub which is a French Irish duo they've gone up and played there and Molly in this in the smaller room, which is about, I think about forty five, fifty people. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and how big how busy are you at uh, Leave Us at the moment? We're we're tipping away. We're actually yeah. getting ready for the um we're doing a sound parade on, on Sunday to the Jazz Festival. It's one of their remits to do a, a parade <laughs> in May and also in uh, in October. So we're busy. There's there's artists going into schools this week and we've been made had workshops out the back of the bar for the last month making all sorts of uh, scary creatures for the parade on Sunday. So yeah, we're we're, we're fairly busy. You're keeping busy as always. <laughs> Listen, it's always a pleasure, uh, Joe. Kind regards to Caroline and good luck with this. I really think it's a it's a fantastic initiative and we wish you well with it. Thanks for thanks, thanks joining Hello. us. Yeah, please do. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Joe O'Leary of Levis, which is Bally de Hobbs um, music uh, venue on that partnership. And when we get more info, info on it, we certainly will bring it uh, to you. 0818103103. A listener has been on to say, Patricia, will you please let listeners know that Rahili Road, that is the back road from Kilworth to Formoy, it's half flooded and only one side is passable. But the listener has recently come through the side that's passable and reckons that's not going to be for much longer. So it's going to become impassable. So please be very, very careful. I will be avoiding that until that water uh, recedes. That's the back road from Kilworth to uh, Formoy. Rahili Road starting to flood really badly. 0818103103. Please keep, if you come across any other flood events that are happening in your area if you're out and about again only do it when you're it's absolutely safe 
for you to message uh, or to text us or, and because John Paul is taking calls as well if there is a road that is starting to flood in your area let us know 0818 103 103 How many others has found themselves in a pickle like Joe in Dunmanway who was very frustrated messaging us this morning saying help I'm trying to get in touch with Sky Ireland I rang this morning at 12 minutes past 10 got a recorded message telling me how busy they are but you know how important your call is to us I waited for 25 uh, minutes I was on hold then for got through to somebody then I was put on hold for 30 minutes I rang another Sky number was told I was being put through to cancellations great I thought no I wasn't I was put in yet another queue and was told waiting was up to 40 minutes I held on for 15 minutes as I had to go because I needed to go back to work how on earth do people reach Sky TV? I need to cancel. Any ideas, please? Thanking you. That's from Joe in Dunmanway. And now Sky are brilliant if you're signing off, but they're not so great if they know that you want to cancel. I know one trick. Don't know if it's still working, but it has worked in the past, Joe. When you ring the Sky number, you're, you're never going to get through to a human being straight away. You're going to get through to all the recorded messages. If you don't click the button for to say you want to cancel, that, that seems to have the longest queue. If you click on the button that says new customer or you're, you know, you're looking to add on something, you normally can get through to somebody pretty quickly. And then somebody who will remain anonymous in this building, who once worked in a call centre, has another tip for anybody trying to get through to a call centre and says the best time to ring call centres is between 11 and 30 and 12.30 in the morning or between 3 and 4 in the afternoon because they're the two hours of the day when people are not on breaks. They have staggered breaks up to half 11 and after half 12 obviously lunch kicks in and it's the same in the afternoon. Lunch is all finished by three and between three and four it's your best time if you're trying to get through to very busy call centres so that might work. But certainly I know with Sky it has worked before. When you get through to the automated message you need to press and tell them you're a new customer and you hopefully will be able to get through to a human being. Anyone else with tips or advice please for Joe who needs to get onto Sky because she needs to cancel the account any tips on how she can get through to Castle Magner man has literally just sent in a text saying Patricia will you say well done to Castle Magner they won the Do Hollow football final yesterday and that simply signed a Castle Magner man who is very happy today with that win so well done to the team and someone else rang us Catherine rang us with a thank you uh, she said her dog unknown to them had a litter of pups uh, recently. Goodness, that was a happy uh, surprise. But she wants to call out and thank John Collins, the vet in Mallow, for what he did at the time. She said even outside of his own hours, in his own time, he called in to check to make sure that mum and the pups were all okay. And we just want to acknowledge that he went above and beyond. And that's terrific when you hear that, when you hear somebody going above and beyond uh, what they normally are required to do. So well done to John Collins, who is a veterinary manager. I don't know what veterinary practice uh, John is with, but well done, Catherine, uh, particularly happy. And I don't know what Catherine is doing with with her litter of pups now. Hopefully she'll be able to find good homes for all of the little pups. Thanks for your call. 
Catherine to 0818-103-103. Those lines are open, by the way, if you've got a question for Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist, because she will be joining us uh, later on in this hour. And Mike has been on to us now. I'll see if John Paul can get a letter off to on post about this. And this is to do with a post box, a letter box that has been removed from Glanthorn Cross. And according to Mike, it was taken away in the past few weeks. He says it's an awful loss to the community. He's especially feeling the loss as he doesn't drive anymore. Unfortunately, he's got a problem with his vision and he's not able to drive uh, anymore. But he was able to walk to the letterbox at Glanthorn Cross and pop his letters into the post. And he said two or three times a week, at least he would be posting letters. People do still write letters and post letters. So he says he's finding it a complete inconvenience. But he said they weren't notified by it. It just suddenly was taken down or boarded up. I don't know. But nobody in the area was told uh, about it. He said the annoying thing is it is a post box that's passed every day by a postman. So it isn't a huge inconvenience for the postman to collect the letters. It's not that they have to come out of their way. They're literally driving past it every every day because it's on the main Boherbui to Nocknagree Cross uh, Road. And just last week, just showing how inconvenient it is not to have a local letterbox in their area. Uh, Paul Mike ended up having to pay for a taxi to take him to Rathmore and obviously to take him back uh, again because he had two urgent letters that he needed to post. He ended up paying €23, Euro, 23 Euro for the taxis to take him to and from uh, Rathmore. Now he says his neighbours are really, really good to him but at that moment in time when he needed to get these letters into the post they were all at work. His son wasn't available until later in the evening. He wanted to make the last post so he know the choice but had to ring uh, a taxi. Now he says they're going to do their best to try to get it back because he said certainly a big loss to him but he says there's other elderly people as well who'll be able to walk to the post office. Now we'll, 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 we'll send an email off to on post to, in particular to find out why this particular post box was removed and how they come about the decisions to remove a post box. I'm assuming they're going to come back and say that a post box that doesn't have many letters in it they decide not to use it but certainly Mike uses it and reckons he uses it every week so there are letters going into that or there was letters going into that post box uh, every week if not just from Mike but maybe from others uh, as well so leave that with us uh, Mike and if we get any update on it we will bring it to you 0818103103 still getting calls in about Mark this was the uh, e- email that I started at the beginning of the programme with. I don't know where the email has gone now, but this was uh, Mark who had emailed us uh, because he was out doing some shopping with the wife, wife at the weekend. Well, I'm wronging saying he was doing shopping at the, at the weekend. His wife was doing the shopping at the weekend and he, there's the email, and he had, uh, he said, I smiled when I saw this, uh, he took, he said, he said, I took my beloved wife shopping and waited patiently in the car park for her to finish. Now, while he was waiting patiently for the good wife to do the shopping, he was sitting opposite the parent and toddler parking uh, space, which he pointed out, or right beside the main entrance to the supermarket. He said, I couldn't help but notice the number of overweight mothers pulling in and using these parking s- slots. Now, to be fair, he said most of them, bar one, had a child under the age of 10 with them. But it got our mark thinking while he was waiting for his beloved wife to return with his groceries for the week. Would these same mothers not be better off parking in the furthest away 
parking space as it might allow them to get extra steps in and that exercise might help them to lose some weight. And he went on to talk about we uh, we have a rising rising obesity levels in this country that has to be ta- tackled. And he said maybe this is a simple thing. We can start by removing all the parent and toddler parking spaces, remove them from beside the shopping centres are beside the supermarket entrance and put them to the furthest away part of the uh, car park. And he said he was interested in hearing uh, listeners' thoughts. Well, people are not happy with our Mark. Uh, Hi, Patricia. Mark should go shopping with his beloved wife instead of sitting in the car watching young women. It came across as slightly creepy to me, says this uh, listener. Or he should go get a job. He sounds lazy. In fairness, he possibly does have a job. It was Saturday. They were doing their weekly shop and he sat in the in the car while the wife went in to do the shopping. Hi, Patricia. This is from Anne in Ballantemple. I think Mark, that man who was waiting in the car for his beloved wife, should have gone in and helped his beloved wife to do the weekly shopping. Who does he think he is passing comment on mothers with children being overweight? He sounds like a very controlling person. And mothers with children need to be very vigilant when they have small children. They need the parking space to be as close to the shop as possible. Why? Because children are unpredictable. And Anne said, I'm speaking now as a granny. So I think Mr. Perfection should stop and uh, think. OK. 0818103103. Our lines remain open. Open on other issues. When I spoke about the apology that the good town of Formoy got from Graeme Norton on Friday night on the BBC, we had Councillor Noel McCarthy on because Councillor Noel McCarthy is also the chair of Formoy Tidy Towns, and Formoy Tidy Towns were so upset and took such great umbrage to that woman insulting Formoy by calling it a horrible, horrible town that they wrote to Graeme Norton and said, you know, you need to apologise. And they were pointing out what everything that's good about Formoy, and you know. Fair dues to Graeme. He did apologise. He took on board the commentary and I'm assuming as well because he got tagged in a lot of media posts on social media. I'm assuming he was reading the ire that was coming out of uh, Fromoy. And Noel McCarthy, when he joined us, he said that they're extending an invitation to Graeme that when he's over next summer, because we know he comes every summer too and he stays in his holiday home in Ahakishta, that when he's over next summer, they're extending an invitation to Graeme. Please come to Fromoy. We'll show you what a wonderful town it is. That prompted Tony to say, could you ask Noel McCarthy and the other councillors in Fromoy that when Graeme Norton does come, if he decides to come, where do they propose that he stays in Fromoy? Just want to point out, we have no hotel and no accommodation. It's, you know, there's no hotel. Surely there's nice B&Bs, is there? But I suppose the fact he would only be staying in Ahakishta, he could drive over and back. Maybe that's what Noel was thinking about. And then a huge reaction to the frustrated listener who contacted us before uh, 12. Joe in Dunmanway spent loads of time on the phone this morning trying to get through to Sky because she wants to cancel her Sky subscription. She was on for 25 minutes, didn't get through to anyone. Then she was put on hold another 30 minutes, still getting couldn't get through to anybody. She finally got to speak to somebody, but guess what? They put her into another queue. She ended up in that queue for 40 minutes and she had to... Uh, she had to give up because she had to return uh, to uh, work and just really frustrated and was wondering what did other 
listeners have any other listeners suggestion on because she needs to uh, cancel okay a number of people are making the same point cancel your direct debit and guess what somebody from Sky will ring you straight away listener Mitchestown says re-Sky and others like it simply stop paying. That's the only way to get attention. Kind regards from Mitchellstown. Listener in Dunmanway says I was cancelling my account with uh, Sky and like Joe in Dunmanway, I also found it impossible to get through because they kept trying to push new deals at me so I ended up having to cancel my direct debit. Guess, guess what? Problem solved. And Breather says hi with regard, regards to cancelling Sky. I had a similar problem two weeks ago. Trying and trying to get through on the phone and I couldn't. I ended up writing to Sky Ireland to cancel my service. I had a call back within the week and the service was successfully cancelled. So you can write. And John Paul says as well, you could email. There's an email that you can you can do. But Breather took the good old pen and paper and put a stamp on it and sent it off and somebody rang. So there are ways. Now, I don't know. Could it be that with the cost of living crisis and people are literally watching every spare and saving every spare euro that they they can. I'm wondering, are there a flood of people trying to cancel at the moment? And is that the reason why there are a backlog of people? Every time you ring, you know, somebody was told there would be 40 minutes in the queue waiting and your call is valuable to us. So, so please hold on. And, you know, unless you can sit there on the phone all day, it's very, very frustrating could it be that there's just a huge number uh, cancelling? Even though I have a funny feeling we've dealt with Sky before on this same issue with people saying as soon as you mention that you want to cancel, you get put on this endless queue that leads you to another queue. So I, I think they they may be boxing a little bit uh, clever in that they don't seem to have as many customer service people dealing with those that want to cancel as opposed to those that want to become new customers. But try emailing or try writing. It certainly worked for a breather. Or if you want to go down the route of cancelling your direct debit they'll be on to you straight away when you don't pay 0818103103 and Finbar says hi uh, Patricia what is going on in Gaza and Palestine by Israel is just so so wrong and it should be called out by all media all over the world but it appears not to be seeing world leaders of some of the superpower countries visiting Israel and agreeing with what Finbar thinks is illegal and international war crimes particularly against civilians women and children. There was outrage during World War II about the gassing of the Jewish people. What is happening in Gaza, according to Finbar, is worse. It is genocide. This is going to be the biggest humanitarian crisis to ever hit all humanity. Hearing about and seeing that children are being killed, one has been killed every 15 minutes in Gaza by Israel is simply wrong. It has to be stopped by our world leaders. If Israel do finally invade Gaza, Finbar is fearful that World War III will begin. It has to be stopped. And I saw our own uh, I, I've gone, I'm finding it so difficult now I can't, when, when I turn on the news and it comes on, I'm just finding it really difficult to watch some of the scenes. It really is uh, horrific what is unfolding. But just this morning, our own Thornish, the Mihul Martin, has called for a ceasefire in the Middle East, if for nothing else but to allow humanitarian supplies into Gaza, given what he's calling the enormous loss of life uh, there. And I quote from Mihul Martin, this was just this morning, the suffering of innocent civilians, particularly children, is honest scale that requires an immediate cessation in
in our view. And the provision of an accelerated and comprehensive scale of water, food and medical supplies. And he was speaking, by the way, he was over or he's in Luxembourg it's for a meeting of EU foreign uh, ministers. He said it was essential that a political track was maintained along the hum- uh, alongside the humanitarian one because that was what would provide the security that was uh, required. And, you know, he went on to say, as indeed, you know, a lot of our politicians do. Everyone understands that Ireland needed to deal with Hamas because of what happened, because of that appalling attack on the 7th of October. But as Micheál Martin said, it's the degree of suffering now that innocent civilians in Gaza are suffering is just not acceptable. And that's why he says he believes a humanitarian pause is required just at a very minimum. Get the aid and get the uh, supplies uh, in. And I was looking, I know more aid get, uh, did get in this morning, but it literally is a drop in the ocean, the amount of aid that is um, arriving. It's just um, because before this uh, war started, there was about, I think it was 200 trucks a day were getting in. Remember most of the, I think it was 80% of the people of Gaza are relying on aid uh, coming into Gaza. Um, so they were, I think it was about 200 trucks a, a day. I mean, we're down to a trickle now that has gone in. I know like 11 went in and then 20 went in. Um, uh, and this morning, about half, quarter past 10 this morning, a third convoy of aid entered into uh, Gaza. But as I say, it, it simply is just, it's not enough. Uh, 0818 103 103. And the latest on deaths um, out of Gaza, 436 Palestinians were killed that's in the past 24 hours of those 436, 182 were children. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Now, Donnerail Active Retirement, they are meeting this afternoon at 3 o'clock. It's chair yoga that continues from 2. So come early if you want to take part. If you need help with reading, writing, spelling or numeracy, please contact the Mallow Adult Learning Centre. Now, they are located on the top floor of the Mallow Parish Centre. You can call them at 022 42642. Connor Drama Group are presenting Bobby Gould in Hell at the Glen Theatre. The Glen Theatre Drama Group are presenting Marrying Mary and Kilmean Drama Group are presenting Home Talk from Abroad. That's all part of the Glen Theatre Bantier, their drama festival. And as part of the expert electrical national coffee morning, JJ's Appliances in Canturk and Charleville are hosting a coffee and a tea morning this Wednesday from 10am to 11.30 in all of their stores. All proceeds are going to the Autism Spectre Ireland Advocacy Movement. And a workshop for people with spina bifida and our hydrocephalus who wish to prepare for job interviews will be held in the Silver Springs Hotel in Cork this coming Thursday from 11am to 4pm. Support will be given in for CV and cover letter writing and skills for interview and employment. If you'd like to register, if you'd like more information, you can contact whatworksforme at sbhi.ie. 
Cork Today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. At the weekend, Middleton CBS Primary School decided to try and help those who were affected by the devastating floods in the town last week. And their principal, Neve O'Leary, joins me to outline how their fundraising efforts are going. Good afternoon to you, Neve. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm I'm very good. And listen, well done to everybody on this. Why 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 did you initially decide to do it, and what were you initially asking people to donate? So so actually, what happened was initially on uh, Friday evening after I was finishing contacting parents just to see checking in and see who who needed what and support from us. Um, we I saw a post on Facebook. Um, a local girl, Sabrina Lyons, is her name, had put up that she was doing a collection in the Middleton GA. They had kindly given her the hall for the day, um, and I. I just PM'd her and said, do you need help? I can give you a few hours to, to help sort things or whatever. Um, and she said she'd be delighted. So I just put it into the school WhatsApp group. And then a few people said, um, Lisa, oh, Lisa Edmonds, one of our SCT teachers, she turned around and she said, listen, I'll pop up to Dunn's. Someone, if you want to revolute me, feel free. Um, and sure, it just took off. And by the time we were going to bed, I think on Friday evening, I think we had almost 5,000 euro raised as individuals because family and friends were just outside the Middleton area, you know, up and down the country, Cork, Kerry, you know, Carlo, everywhere, were just wanting to help in some way and, and kind of, I suppose, feeling useful that they couldn't be on the ground as so many people were here um, on the days that followed the flooding on Wednesday, you know. Yeah, there was very much that sense that, you know, those of us that were lucky to be going home and going into our safe, warm beds yeah. were very much thinking of that wasn't the case for many people, not just in Middleton, but in other areas absolutely. of East Cork. I mean, it was just, it was absolutely devastating. So you're blown away by the response. Oh, I, I just I, I just can't believe it. Like, we just said, look, you know, this is after getting too big for us, you know, as individuals. So, you know, <laughs> thankfully we had an I Donate page because as a school we're a registered charity, so we were able to get that up and off the ground. So before um, we went to the GAA club, a few of us met for coffee and we got everything sorted that we needed to sort and uh, we just couldn't get over how it gathered pace so quickly during the day you know we didn't have time we were overwhelmed at the GAA by people's generosity and what they were bringing um, just to give and to help because you know again looking for ways that they could contribute to the the massive effort that was going on across East Cork in getting businesses back on their feet and getting people back into their homes as quickly as they could you know so at the end of the day then um, we had so much stuff um, that I just said to Sabrina look you know, you're, you're more than welcome. Our school hall is available. You know, the GA obviously needed their dressing rooms back for, for things that were going on. So we enlisted a few husbands along the way Great. For, with vans. And, um, you know, some people like just arrived. There was two members of staff from another local school, the Middleton Educate Together School who just popped down to donate stuff and I got chatting to them and by the time I arrived up at the school there was more staff from their school there helping to sort things so that's kind of what we're in the middle of doing now at the moment we're in the middle of sorting anything that was donated um, on the Saturday to here, up here in school our parents um, association the Friends of Middleton CBS um, group have, have arrived in they're helping sort items categorising them as best we can because we've opened up the hall for the week from kind of half two until five o'clock every day so that any family across East Cork that needs, you know, um, clothes, men's, women's, children, all the way from naught, all the way up um, to, I'd say, 15, 16, 17, we have um, bed sheets, towels, duvet sets, everything that you can imagine um, here. So 
Um, just give me one second there. Yeah, okay. there's someone coming into the office. Yeah, Sorry, you're Patricia. All, you're all right. it, the, the school life goes on. I know. But, um, you know, um, anything that people want that they can come between those times. And we've, um, again, more staff from the Educate Together have jumped on board with our rota and, and they're coming in to help us uh, just be open yeah. and, and let people come and take whatever it is they need. Do you know, Eve, you would have been at school busy with your work on, on Friday, but it was the one thing that really came across on the programme. I was speaking with some of the business owners in, in Middleton who were just, God help them, they were close to tears talking about, you know, like their life work just washed away in, in minutes. But every single one of them spoke about the community spirit in Middleton and how everyone just rallied what can I do? How can I help? You know, they were talking about transition year oh, uh, students. It was yeah, just... The GA club. But you know what as well struck me? Like, we were down there and, you know, I suppose after we checked that the school premises was okay, a few of us went into town to see where we could help. Like, And I was talking to Trays down in Hydes that do all the baby clothes and the school uniforms and things like that. And she, her first thing was like, look, I'll be on to you to see how we can help ye. You know what I mean? And her business... You know, and, and 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 the pharmacies, we were up at John Murphy's pharmacy, we were down in Walsh's pharmacy, and they were still operating, like people with high, you know, care needs, medical needs, all those things that still go on, and they just trying to keep their doors open, like, the day after it happened, you know, and, you know, it was just amazing to see literally people popping in, they'd made loads of sandwiches at home, and they were, like, trying to feed people, or they were bringing down squidgies or sweeping brushes from home, you know, and, it, it, like... While it was, ab- it's absolutely devastating. I mean, I cannot even comprehend how upsetting it must be. Like I met Linda Pasquale from La Trattoria there, that was yeah. the rest of- and I mean, like you know, I was like, can we help in any way? Like, but like, so many people had been there from early hours, like family, friends, strangers, just getting stuck in getting people out and over the line as fast as they can. And obviously, there's days and weeks and months ahead of all of this, but. It was heartfelt to see some of the businesses trying to open even today. Like, I oh, know, I know. And as I said to any of the business owners I, I spoke to, yeah, you're you're blessed that you live in a town where you have that support, and those people will support you when you get back up and running, and they will get back and, up and running. And this is it. Yeah. This is it. You know, and just like even further outside of Middleton, I know, like you know, one particular estate, one one of our families lives out in Mogili, and like I mean, it, it it was just like beyond words how bad it was out there. Like just beyond words, yeah. and just to see. You know, um, some of our staff were out there helping there because they had other friends in the estate and they knew one of our families was out there. And just everybody wanted to do something, not be sitting around feeling useless. You know, that kind of way. So whatever we can do to help in any small way, we were just happy to do, you know, and just yeah, get stuck so, in. So you would have a number of your pupils then, would you? Some of your pupils? Who's, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's and tough on the kids as well. Well, I, I, I thought, you know, on, on Wednesday when it first happened, it, it, it was kind of like no one really knew what was going on, you know, that kind of a way. Yeah. And, and all we could do was reassure parents that we would be here until the last child was collected. It didn't matter what time it was. We were going to be here. We were their safe place. You know, whatever which way they got them home, we were going to be here to support them. But then when it when it when when the water started rising again, then for people on, on Friday morning, like even when one of our boys in the hall had come in and when it started raining, he got an awful fright, like, yeah. you know. And, like, we're so lucky here. We're, we're just unbelievably lucky um, to have such an amazing staff. And, and we have two therapy dogs in the school yeah. who, who will be on overload. There'll be timetables within an inch of their lives now for the next few weeks. But, like, just to... just. And it, even the day that they, they were being collected and, you know, even just for them, 
just to keep it light in the office, you know, yeah. have a bit of a laugh with them, just keep the mood so that, you know, that they wouldn't worry. You know, as adults, we know what's going on, but the children don't. And it's our job just to kind of make sure as best we can that we can kind of look after their mental health, their anxiety in these times. And, you know, just even having the little rub from, from Alfie or our or, or other little uh, dog, Steve, he's only a little pup that we have here from my canine companion, you know, can make... It sounds so insignificant, but it makes a huge difference. You trying, know? Yes, trying to keep things as normal as yes, possible. Normality. Uh, yeah, well, you, you certainly sound like you're achieving uh, that. Well done. And I know before I came on air, I checked your I Donate page. You were gone well over 11,000. Oh, wow. So, okay. it's, so it's fantastic. Listen, uh, you're, you're a wonderful principal. Thank you good very luck, much. Good luck to you Thank and you. everybody and else. And well done. Thanks for getting in touch. No, Thank our you. pleasure. Thanks Thank for you. that. Bye bye. Doesn't she sound lovely? That is uh, Neve O'Leary, principal of Middleton uh, CBS uh, Primary School. We really are blessed with some of our principals and our teachers and you know our, our kids are safe in the hands of caring staff uh, like that they, they really are great so well done to everybody and if you want to help out they've got an I donate page uh, flood relief uh, uh, I donate.ie forward slash event forward slash flood relief at Middleton if you can give anything uh, to help out the people there. 0818 103 103 Our lines remain open. I can see questions coming in for Annalise uh, so keep those coming. We're going to be talking to her in just uh, a moment. Just on the sky and the people saying cancel your direct debit. Here's a word of warning from somebody to say Patricia uh, tell Joe in Dunmanway don't cancel the direct debit to sky without talking to somebody first. A number of years ago I did just that. Now it was with a different provider. It was 3G. They sent me a bill for the next month. I again was trying to ring them, getting no joy. The next month I got a double bill. Then they ended up ringing me. I refused to pay and then they put me on a list of bad debts where I would never be able to get a loan again. I ended up having to hire a solicitor to get it sorted out and it cost me €150. So be very careful about cancelling direct debits. Donal Linrath Moore says, I cancelled with Sky back in June. I called their customer care number on 1-800-927476 and after verification, they sent me a link on WhatsApp where after more verifications and more questions trying to convince me to stay, I eventually got my account cancelled. It definitely wasn't easy as you would hope, says Donal in Ratmore. And I wonder when you cancelled initially, how long did you have to wait on the phone line? That seems to be frustrating so many people. Thank you for your text, though, Donal, to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Just very quickly, a listener says, Patricia, would you wish um, the musical Twin Flames the best of luck this weekend? For Moy, uh, we spoke about that. It was the, the it's, it's first time ever being performed, brand new musical, and it's set in, in Cork City back in the 60s. It looks and sounds stunning. Uh, this listener says, we went to see it on Saturday night. It was a fantastic musical. Uh, kind of regards us from a Kilbehany uh, supporter. And somebody has advice for Mike, who's lost the local 
post box says if Mike has, st- has stamps on his letters, he can actually hand them to the postman or postwoman when, where, when they're delivering post to him. They will bring it and pop it into the post box for him. Yeah, and uh, uh, people do that and it does work. I'm just trying to check. Am I one or three, John Paul? Sorry, one. Uh, my apologies. I just know I have a couple of lines flashing. Um, Annalise Drissel joins us from the Health Hub Times Square. Imbalan colleague. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Afternoon, Patricia. And there is lots and lots of questions in. Let me get straight uh, in to them. I'm trying to get ones that came in earlier because that is the fairest one. Hi, Annalise and Patricia. I suffer from arthritis. I'm wondering, can inflammation in my body, can it also affect your eyes? My eyes can be very puffy at times or is that something completely unrelated? Uh, Well, I suppose in a way, everything in the body is driven by inflammation. Inflammation causes all the damage. It causes the pain. It causes the aches. It causes the ageing. Um, So I think everything probably is down to inflammation, but it does work in different ways. So if eyes are puffy, again, it could be inflammation. But I think in this case, it's probably more likely to be a little bit of fluid retention. Um, It depends when they're puffy as well. Are they puffy in the morning or are they puffy all the time? It could be a sign maybe that your, um, you know, that your lymph and your kidneys aren't clearing liquids between cells um, build up. So if they're not being cleared efficiently, you could get puffy eyes. Um, You might also notice that your ankles or your fingers are a little bit puffy as well. So what I'd try in this case here really first is I would try um, taking some type of diuretic that will help clear all of that and something that supports the lymph to get that working as well. So you're looking at dandelion, burdock, um, you're looking at hawthorn is very good as well. You can actually get a tea by a company called Heath and Heather that has dandelion, burdock and hawthorn in there. And we get always very good feedback on that um, in terms of, you know, for, for water retention for ankles. So it would also work for eyes. I think actually caffeine is wonderful as a cream on your eye to help with puffiness. Um, so you could get yourself an eye cream with caffeine in it. I don't think I have any here in the health shop, but I'm sure you'll get something like that in Boots. And caffeine will help kind of clear the puffiness from your eyes. I don't know, does it help in the long term, but definitely it'll help in the short term. And then, of course, the last thing is chamomile tea bags. Soak them in boiling water, let them cool down, and then place them over your eyes for up to five minutes and that should take the puffiness out as well. And it's a gorgeous, relaxing thing to do uh, as well. Um, Hi, question for Annalise. I'm attending a physio for an injury. The physio recommended that I started taking whey protein for repair. I don't like taking it. So I'm wondering for, could you ask Annalise, if I was having an extra egg or extra glass of milk a day, would I get the same benefit? I think an extra egg a day is a great idea because you also get the benefit of all of that lovely yolk of the egg, which is very rich in vitamin D and E and A um, and phospholipids and lovely things for your skin. So I would definitely take an egg. But I can see where the physiotherapist is coming from. Whey protein is very important for muscle building. And we actually lose quite a lot of muscle mass as we're old, as we get older. However, it is not going to build muscle unless you're exercising those muscles. So just taking protein on its own is only actually going to put stress on the kidneys unless you're doing some kind of exercises to build muscle. It's a waste of time. But I think in the case here for injury, what would be much better is to take a collagen supplement. So collagen is really important to keep our bones elastic. It's very important for our muscles and our tendons to help them um, grow and repair. It's really important for our skin as well. Great for our joints. 
So for uh, for repair, what you're looking for is type 1 and type 3 collagen. Um, type 2 is best for joints. So type 1 and type 3 collagen, and that would definitely be much better to take and will speed up healing no end. Hi, Annelise. Uh, I've noticed when I start getting out of bed in the morning, I'm getting a sharp pain down my spine. What could it be? It's a male listener. Oh, I don't know, Patricia. Um could be anything really I suppose I'd say the first thing to do is maybe go and get checked with the with the doctor or a physiotherapist possibly might be able to tell you where the pain is coming from um if it's coming down the spine it may be that you're not sleeping well maybe you're sleeping in a strange position and maybe your neck and your spinal cord is is kind of compressed at night um the best thing to do actually is to do a couple of stretches so if you go onto YouTube and if you look at back and neck stretches or back and neck yoga, you'll get lots of exercise to stretch them out. And if that doesn't solve the problem, then it may be that you're starting to get problems with your discs. Um, so if the cartilage in between the discs wears away, you would get pain down your spine. But then it would probably be all the time rather than just first thing in the morning. So um, again, maybe just go and get checked out by a physiotherapist and they'll be able to tell you exactly what it is. Okay, a couple of people are on about uh, cholesterol. One, what causes a weak feeling? I'm on a cholesterol uh, tablet, uh, but I also have diabetes uh, as well. Is it related in any in any way? Could be both of those things. So cholesterol, um, the drugs for cholesterol called statins, they block the pathway in the liver that makes cholesterol out of saturated fat. But they also block that pathway. It also is important for making a vitamin called coenzyme Q10, which is really important for all of the energy pathways in the cells. So if your cell isn't getting, isn't if the energy pathway is not producing enough energy for the cell, you would feel weak, you would get muscle pain. If it's happening in the brain, you might get a bit forgetful, you might get a bit low in mood. And they are very common side effects of the statin drugs. So what you could do in this case is you could take a supplement of coenzyme Q10. Um, there's lots of them in the health shops. Try and get a high strength one. You're probably looking at at least 100 100 to 150 milligrams to start off with and take it for a month. So if the cholesterol drug is causing that side effect, taking the Q10 should get rid of the weakness. And then if that doesn't do the job, it could be down to diabetes. So if your blood sugar drops a bit too low at times, you will definitely feel weak and dizzy. So it's possible, I'm not sure if this person's on medication, it may be that medication is just dropping the blood sugar a little bit too low at times. Our blood sugar is poorly controlled. Okay, and Elizabeth wants to know, hi Annalise, is it okay to take something to boost the immune system when one is on an immune suppressant? Um, yes, you can take certain ones, but it would be very important the ones that you take. So vitamin A, C, E, zinc and selenium, um, they would be really, and vitamin D as well, very, very important for all of the immune cells to do their jobs. So, and they're very safe to take with an immunosuppressant. You could also take things like beta-glucans. Um, you could also take something like olive leaf extract and elderberry extract because they're more of an antiviral um, approach. So they just actually help the body as an antiviral attack. The things that you really don't want to take are things that upregulate your T-cells because most people who are on immunosuppressants, it's for autoimmune disease, and that's what those drugs do. They suppress the T-cell response. So you're looking at herbs like um, astragalus, ash, um, astragalus, ashwagandha, probably a little bit, but mostly echinacea. You definitely can't take echinacea. Okay, and somebody wants to know, is source of like life gold back in stock? I think you mentioned that last week. It was... 
Well, we were given a date end of October, but yeah. it hasn't come back on our shelves yet. OK, listener, third time recovering from uh, COVID. It was the only thing that worked the last time she's exhausted. Yeah, I know. It's desperate. Now, it is available in tablets. There is something that I'm getting good feedback on that I've been using as an alternative. And it's New Vista's. Um, it's called Vitality. I think it's called Vitality. I need to get the name of that now just to be sure. And it's got a combination of lots of lovely nutrients and other bits, just like the Source of Life Gold does as well. Um, it is called Vibracell, I beg your pardon. New Vista Vibracell. And the other thing that I think that makes the Source of Life Gold work so well is ginseng. So you could actually buy ginseng separately. And ginseng's wonderful for a bit of an energy boost without the kind of jitters that you get if you take things like caffeine for energy. But again, shouldn't probably be taken very long term um, because it does also kind of upregulate the stress hormones in some people and it's not suitable if, you're, if you've got high blood pressure. Okay, all right, we leave it there. Thanks for that, Annalise. Have Thanks, a good week. Patricia. Won't talk next week, of course, because we're on Bank Holiday, but Annalise will be back with us in uh, two weeks' time. That's Annalise Drizelle, Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. And this afternoon, all of the items she mentioned, she will put up on her website, healthhubstore.com, as heard on the radio. Before we go, just a quick few uh, texts in. Somebody says, I mentioned the Castle Magna had a great win yesterday and we were congratulating them. A listener says, I was at the match with my family. My son is the same age that his granddad was when they last won that competition. Not sure who, but I suspect my dad was the happier. Uh, well done and best of luck to Castle Magner ladies who have yet to play their finals. Isn't there something magical about that? That the son was the same age as the grandfather when they last won. Well done to Castle Magner. And poor old Joe, who in Dumbamway, who's trying to cancel Sky, was back on to say, I rang again twice. I even tried the WhatsApp virtual agent. What an utter waste of my life. I then rang yet another number. Agent answered after 20 minutes. It was sales. She said she'd put me through to the cancel team. I told her I'm not very happy. She said she would come back to me after speaking to them. She lied to me. I waited a further 15 minutes. How can I get in touch with them? I'm cancelling the direct debit today and I've noted down all my calls, times and duration. Absolutely disgraceful, says Joe and Joe Mammy. Now, Joe is at work, so maybe she didn't hear all the advice we were giving her. You can write to them, Joe. That works. Or email them. Okay, I've got to leave it there. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Uh, Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Back to you tomorrow Court at 10. Today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.